Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by JC Hoops, Jackson Collier, the man who makes the list, the top 100 Arkansas basketball players of all time. You know him best from that. And of course, the JC Hoops podcast, which now he's on the Hardwood Hogs podcast, which is part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network. Go visit hogbeat.com, H A W G B E A T.com. For all of the best Arkansas athletics coverage out there. We're part of the Rivals Network, and uh, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Our message board is on fire. Everybody is just posting left and right. Every time I get on there, I'm having to respond to a ton of stuff. So it's a great time to subscribe to hogbeat.com. And before we get started on today's podcast, because we got a lot to get to, uh, there was a game in North Little Rock that Arkansas won, and you know, Jackson was there. I wasn't there, but it seems like there weren't really any issues in this game, whereas normally in North Little Rock, there are issues. So we'll talk about that. Jackson will tell you what he saw. Uh, but before we do, I want to remind you about our presenting sponsor, and that is Dead Soxie. Dead Soxie is a proud sponsor of hogbeat.com. And if you're a listener of the Hardwood Hogs podcast or a subscriber of hogbeat.com, you get a special deal that is not available to the public. If you go to deadsoxy.com, that's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, and use code HOGS, H-A-W-G-S, like in Hogbeat, HOGS, at checkout for savings, you can get 30% off and free shipping, no minimum purchase. All you got to use is code HOGS, not available to the public. This is only for listeners. Only you listening to this podcast know about this, or if you subscribe to hogbeat.com. So use code HOGS to get 30% off and free shipping on premium socks. These socks are amazing. They sent us gift boxes for Christmas. Um, Everybody who works at Hogbeat, they sent us gift boxes. I love the socks. I wear them every day because they're super comfortable. And uh, Jackson, you got your box in, so now you can talk about Dead Socksy and how much you love it. How much do you love Dead Socksy, Jackson? (laughs) So I have worn them pretty much five days in a row now. Um, I got my box in last week and yeah, no, I, I haven't worn any other socks since I got them in. Obviously I'm going to have to do laundry today so that I can keep wearing them, but they're super comfy. I love the color because all my socks up until I got these were just standard black or white socks. There's nothing wrong with, but it's nice. They're comfortable. They're warm. Uh, we're getting into the cold months. So no, I'm super comfortable and I love them so much. All right. Code hogs, H A W G S at checkout. When you go to deadsoxy.com, you'll get 30% off and free shipping. No minimums on that order. Okay, Jackson. Um, I feel like we, we probably need to lead with Nick Smith because as per usual with the Arkansas fan base, uh, who, who we love, you know, we wouldn't be where we are without the Arkansas fans because we rely on them to click on our information and to listen to this podcast. But they were burning down the message boards on Twitter yesterday, which was Monday, because we're recording this on Tuesday. Nick Smith Jr., we got to talk about him, okay? Give us the update on Nick Smith Jr., Jackson. Right, so I was at the game in North Little Rock uh, Saturday, and, you know, normal first half, he was logging a lot of minutes and then, uh, I guess, came off the court at one point uh, in the second half. Or I think it was second half. But anyway, I just remember he was looking a little uncomfortable. He was limping a little bit. Um, and in 
Coach Musselman's post-game press conference, uh, he said essentially that um, he had to get retaped, and then the tape was uncomfortable, and it was kind of like a taping issue type of deal. Um, he said pretty much explicitly in the press conference, no worries, uh, he'll be back for Wednesday. No big deal. And then um, yesterday, Monday, Facebook, Twitter, message boards, there's all these rumors about you know Nick Smith might be out for the year, out for an extended period of time and might never see him in a Razorback uniform again. And, you know, we just don't know anything. Uh, like all we know is what coach Musselman has said so far. And after the game, he said, uh, no, he'll be good to go Wednesday. It was a taping issue. And then yesterday there was no update. It was just, Oh, we got practice in 15 minutes. I can't give you an update yet. So that's literally all we know. Um, we don't know anything for certain, um, but th- I mean, that's that he, he was limping. He came out and must says he's good to go, or at least he said, said that after the game. So he said it after the game. Yeah. That, so the update, you know, to, to put it simply, we don't know because we're not at practice. We're not Nick Smith Jr. We're not Eric Musselman. Um, so you'll just have to wait and see on Wednesday if he's out there or if he's not out there and then we'll get a statement probably before the game, if he's not going to play. Um, so that's all we can do. I think that it's irresponsible to spread rumors like he's going to be out for the season when you don't know for sure. So um, that's something that we will not do on hogbeat.com. All right, let's get into the Bradley game, though. As I mentioned earlier, it seems like Arkansas didn't really struggle, but I was not there. Um, Jackson, you were there, so take us through what you saw. It seems like it was the Jordan Walsh game until he fouled out. Oh, yeah. Jordan Walsh looked so, so, so good. Um, you know, he he was doing stuff that I hadn't seen him do yet this year. He was doing straight line drives. He was bodying uh, low post defenders after he would get into the paint. He would finish through contact. He was making different moves. He was trying some spin moves, some up and unders, finishing through contact. Um, he was 100% from the field. He was 7 for 7 from the field, and that included an open three. I mean, he's playing with more confidence. His shot looks good. Um, and, oh, my goodness, the the sequence. Luckily, it found its way to Twitter um, via one of the, the local sports anchors, I think one of the local THV 11 anchors. There was a sequence in the game. I tweeted about it, and everybody heard it on the radio, where Jordan Walsh got a steal, and then he and uh, – AB were running tip drill down because they had a defender in between them. So they were just running tip drill. Ball never hit the floor. Like, I'm talking it barely touched their fingertips, and they're going down. Beautiful transition basketball. Ends up the ball's in Jordan Walsh's hands, and he jumps from almost the free throw line, like probably halfway between the free throw line and the baseline, and just soars two hand slams it. Huge highlight play by itself. Very next possession, they get another steal. And they're running a three-man fast break. Some, they're actually dribbling a little bit. And it ends, Anthony Black throwing a lob to Jordan Walsh, jumping from the same spot, dunking it the same way, just soaring through the air. And it's the roof blows off the place. Bradley calls a timeout. And it, Jordan Walsh gets hype. And it's like that is what Arkansas has needed to see from Jordan Walsh is him playing with that level of confidence, playing with that level of just sheer want to and desire on the offensive end. And he did it. And he, he did it all game. And unfortunately, he did end up fouling out early. He had 16 points in the first half, finished with 18 on the game. 
but he's he was just so good. I think he finished with like 18 points, something like four rebounds and three steals. Another pretty complete performance from him. Um, just he he just looked really really good. He was saying in the post game press conference too about how um, you know Musselman said keep shooting your shot and play confident. And as soon as he heard Musselman say we need you to play confident, it's almost like he just was like okay cool yeah I can play I can play more confident and he did and he scored eighteen points a new career high for him after putting up I think tying his previous career high last week against uh, Oklahoma with twelve. So those back to back games. It's really a great trend for for Arkansas and for Jordan Walsh. Yeah, and a, another thing that I picked up on after the game was that he talked about how he was watching film with uh with Keith Smart, and that's another thing that Eric Musselman mentioned was that Walsh had been watching a lot of film, and so you know it seems like early on in the season, you know, you saw it from Anthony Black, you knew you were going to see it from Nick Smith Jr. whenever he got on the court, but a lot of people were talking about Jordan Walsh as this guy who. You know, he he's just a little bit behind these guys. He's raw. And we said he was raw. Like, but I we've talked about how Jordan Walsh was raw on this podcast, but I feel like we also said that he's just like a few things clicking away. And now we're starting to see that. But there were a lot of people who were like, you know, Jordan Walsh, he needs another year after like two games. They were like, Yeah, Jordan Walsh just needs another year. And you can't come to that conclusion after two games, especially with an Eric Musselman team, because you know that they're not going to be playing their best basketball until the last game of the season. Like, that's just how Eric Musselman teams work. And and another thing to go along with that, too, it's like you can still be very raw, and that all that means is you haven't honed in on your skill set yet. And you have an NBA staff, and NBA coaches know how to develop talent. You're going to develop. And for Jordan Walsh, all it was was a little bit of a con- little bit more confidence, a little bit more minutes here, there and getting it going on the defensive end, too. I mean, he was being physical, getting rebounds. He was getting steals. Like he he was doing everything. Um, and it, it was really great to see. And talking about Keith Smart a little bit, too. He has been an incredible addition to this staff. Um, from what I've heard from recruits, recruits, parents, from players, everything. He is so detail oriented, which obviously Muss is too, but it's one of those things where he can walk into the gym, see a kid shoot for the first time. Like they, they might be recruiting uh, someone and they're on, on a visit or, or seeing them how he can see them shoot for the first time and completely diagnose what's wrong with their shooting form, what's wrong with their shot and everything. Just off seeing someone shoot one once or twice completely changes their, their free throw routine, whatever it, it's, it, it's incredible and obviously he has NBA head coaching experience and all that sort of stuff but he is a fantastic addition to the staff um also talking about you know Anthony Black I think um uh, as well as he played in Maui um the game against Bradley was one of his better ones I'm not going to say it's, it was his best game as a Razorback but it was one of his more balanced games as a hog we can pull up his stat line right here but I mean he had 15 points, uh, three rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals, really did it all over the place. Um, Only turned the ball over twice. The second one came pretty late in the game. Um, Efficient, he was four of seven from the field. I mean, that's a game you really, really want to have from your starting point guard. He, I mean, he doesn't, he's not somebody that the team looks to, to be their, one of their primary scorers, 
but he can do that. And he did that. I mean, he had 15 points and he was efficient with doing that. He distributed the ball. He played really good defense and having a six, seven point guard that has, he's put on weight since he's got on campus and he's being able to hold his own in the post. He got back down in the post two or three times and held his ground against a big man. Granted a big man for Bradley might not be the same caliber or size as a big man in the sec, but having a point guard be able to switch down low and, and hold his own. I, that just opens up so much for what you can do defensively. And he's blocking shots at the rim. You're adding another layer of shot blocking from the point guard position outside of just having your, your low post guys be able to do it. It, it, it was a great performance from him as well. And obviously Ricky council uh, just doing what he does, you know, he kept trying to take over the game, shot a ton of free throws because every time he wanted to, get a steal and put up one of his highlight reverse dunks that seemed like Bradley was that they had a game plan to keep him on the ground. Cause every time he kept trying to go, they would, they would wrap him up or something, but all around really good performance. I want to ask you about the, the 27 turnovers for Bradley, Arkansas had 16 steals forced 27 turnovers. It seems like if I'm, if I'm correct, I believe that a lot of those came in the first half as well. Just talk about the defense of Arkansas in that game because 27 turnovers is a lot. Yeah. So I think they had 16 turnovers in the first half, um, which (laughs) that's a lot. Um, I was honestly kind of concerned uh, early on, probably the first four or five minutes uh, against Bradley because uh, Arkansas was giving up a bunch of straight line drives from the perimeter. Um, And that's kind of what they struggled with against Oklahoma too. So I was like, Oh, in my mind thinking, here we go again, might have some issues um guarding uh, the perimeter drives guarding guards all that sort of stuff and after one or two media timeouts completely shut down but um the difference between Arkan or between Oklahoma and Bradley um Arkansas was able to recover after giving up these drives a lot better and contest the shots at the rim so they weren't scoring as much off at, at the rim as far as turnovers go I mean Arkansas did this did a really nice job of Whenever Bradley would try to throw something into the post, they would dig constantly. So if they try to go ISO in the post on Makai Mitchell or on Kamani Johnson, anything like that, you'd have a guard, you'd have Anthony Black, you'd have Devo diving down, digging down, um, and just swip, stripping the ball away. Uh, and that was pretty effective. Also, just being super long and athletic in the front court forced a lot of really bad passes. Um, Bradley tried to go baseline some, um, and – Arkansas guards just forced them. They kept forcing them baseline instead of forcing them back inside. Um, And they just ended up running out of room and dribbling out of bounds sometimes too. So overall game defensive game plan was executed to perfection outside of like the first four minutes. And I mean, you see that when you only allowed, you barely allow 50 points, you force 27 turnovers uh, under 30% from the three point line for the fifth time this year. It was, it was a great defensive performance. So I was looking at the net rankings while you were talking. Bradley dropped down to 80, but now they're back up to 74. So does that make that – it was counted as a home game for Arkansas. Does that make it still a quad two win? I can't remember. I I think that is a quad two win. I think one through 75 at home – or not one through 75, one through 30 at home. Oh. And then 30, would it be 31 through 75? Hold on. Or would it be 30 through 50? I can't uh, remember. I, I need to I need to look it up. 
Arkansas basketball net because I did a story about it. Net rankings. This I can never crazy. keep all the quadrants in, in my mind. This is great, great audio. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. I got it. We're almost there. Uh, okay, here we go. Home, 31 through 75 is a quad two win. So it is a quad two win. Because after the game, it dropped down to a quad three win. And now it's now it's back up to a quad two win. So that's huge for Arkansas moving forward. Uh, they got one more game until SEC play, and that's UNC Asheville which I believe is going to be a quad four game. When I wrote this story, UNC Asheville was, I don't know. Let me just command F this one because everybody wants to know. They're 189 in the net, so that would be a quad four game. Okay, <laughs> that, was a, that was a bad sequence there. Okay, quad four game against UNC Asheville, and then you start SEC play. So you got one more game. Uh, non-conference, and then, of course, you have Baylor in the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge in January. What do you need to see from this team in the last game before SEC play Jackson? Because I feel like, you know, we've seen one of the more – probably the most complete team that Eric Musselman has had to this point in the season at Arkansas. But there are still things to improve on. Oh, yeah. So, I guess, number one – so UNC Asheville is going to come into the game being one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country. They shoot almost 40% from the three-point line. Arkansas has had a good three-point defense so far this year, but there have been a couple games where they've allowed a high percentage. So I would like to be able to see them to shut down like a really good three-point shooting team um, again, um, just to kind of go into conference play with even more, um, I guess, film and ability and all that sort of stuff to do that. Um, that would make me feel better as a like as a fan and all that sort of stuff, like, okay, Arkansas can, can guard the three. Cause you know, you got teams in the sec that just throw that thing up all up from all over the place, Alabama, Auburn, some others, but would really love to see that. And then also would really like to see maybe a higher percentage from the three point line themselves. Um, you know, it, it really is tough when you lose one of your top three point shooters in Trevor Brazil um he was facing the floor and shooting 38 percent from three-point line and you remove him and you don't have a bad three-point shooting team the percentage is low but for the most part you have guys like individual pieces who are shooting pretty well from beyond the arc anthony black is pushing 40 percent i think ricky councils around the 35 percent mark jordan walsh is right at the 35 percent mark so like it's almost it looks like the individual shooters are are pretty solid, but for whatever reason, depending on who takes the shots or or what happens, the team percentage is fairly low. Um, but you still got to be able to knock them down as a team so that you can keep defenses more honest and they're not honing in on just two or three guys. Um, Devo was, I think, just one for one or maybe one for two against Bradley. The one he hit, it looked really good. I mean. It was a quality shot. It was wide open. He took it in rhythm, didn't wait too long, didn't rush anything. Hopefully that's something. I know he's kind of struggled a little bit this year um, from outside, but if he can get back to shooting at least like upper 20%, maybe even lower 30s, if uh, if he can get to that level, that would help tremendously. Um, outside of that, you know, I would love to kind of establish at least one more guy off of the bench. I don't know if that's going to be Jalen Graham, uh, if you're going to put someone like Barry Dunning or Joseph Pinion in there. Um, but right now, you know, you lose Trevin Brazil and essentially you cut down your rotation that was already short. 
and you have your starting five that's been the same plus Devo off the bench and Kamani Johnson's kind of been the inserted into the the main rotation after that um I kind of I kind of would love to see another guy from the backcourt maybe a Joseph Pena maybe a Barry Dunning um maybe Jalen Graham too for the front court. I mean he he got some run uh against Bradley looked competent I mean he had re- his biggest knock has been defense and he had three or four really good defensive possessions as soon as he came in um then he but he like struggled offensively which was kind of uh wild early on at least he ended up scoring had a couple really nice post plays one of them didn't score but it was a really gorgeous post move where he caught it and did a spin move with a drop step and tried to dunk on top of somebody and just missed the dunk but Arkansas got the rebound and he ended up scoring on it anyway but those are my three biggest things continue to defend the three ball really well try to improve your own three-point shooting and maybe try to implement one more guy into the rotation because as it is it's a six and a half rotation right now would love to be at a full seven agreed all good points i think that this team you know if they could if they could knock down the three at a consistent rate and have you know just a knockdown shooter which i don't think they're gonna have i mean nick could be that if he's healthy um that would be incredible you know trevin brazil was that for a little bit i don't know if you would call him knockdown but he was consistently hitting you know at least one or two a game so um man they're gonna miss trevin brazil and he was fun to watch too it stinks to just you know sit there and think about that you know once a day dang trevin brazil uh okay i guess that's really all that we have um but we want to remind you about our sponsors bet saracen it is the official mobile sports gambling app of the Saracen Casino Resort. They will have all of the Arkansas lines, odds, player props. They also run specials for Arkansas games. So make sure you check out Bet Saracen. Download the app in the Google Play and the App Store. Um, and it's just a great app. They all they they don't run specials just for Arkansas games. They run specials for all kinds of stuff. I think they were running specials for Austin Reeves to hit like a three-pointer in the second half for the Lakers. They had a Baker Mayfield second half passing touchdown special, stuff like that. Uh great stuff over at Bet Saracen. So make sure you download the app and uh get in on all of those specials and player props for Arkansas games as well. And visit hogbee.com because we'll have a story laying that out for you on the Bet Saracen player props and stuff like that. So, and our last sponsor is MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you are a displaced corporate executive and you want to put your career in your own hands, you need to call Andy Ledecky with MyPerfectFranchise.net. He can help you. He's a longtime franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he wants to help you do the same to get some more cash in your pocket He takes you through a very thorough and free consultation process, but all you got to do is call him to do that. It's 404-973-9901. Andy Ledecky with MyPerfectFranchise.net. The number is 404-973-9901. All right, Jackson, you got any crazy Christmas plans? Uh, None, really. Just going to South Arkansas for a little bit, then headed up to Northwest Arkansas and pretty much it (laughs) and i'm gonna read a lot of books while uh, i'm on christmas break so hopefully i can get three or four in there you go well i hope everybody listening has a wonderful wonderful christmas enjoy your time with your family travel safe and we'll talk to everybody on the hardwood hawks podcast next week